the power of asking and answering one question. The incredible transformational story of Genevieve Patero, the author of Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection, and Lead with Meaning, on episode number 144 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. And one day, 12 years in, in my apartment, I heard a voice in me, and and it came from here, my, my heart area, not my head. I knew my head voice. We all know our head voices, right? But this was different, and I only call it, I only started calling it my heart voice later, but I heard it from a different place, and it asked me a question, this voice. It asked me clearly, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? Hey, this is Bernie Lynn, author of Through the Storm of Early Trauma, where I help people heal and overcome early trauma. You're connected with Dr. Brad Miller, where he helps you navigate traumatic events on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to navigate adverse conditions in your life and come out to a better place, a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. At our website, drbradmiller.com, you can find lots of helpful tips for you and back episodes of the podcast where we talk to great authors and leaders and teachers who have gone through adverse conditions in their life and emerged successfully. And that is the case today. And we have a great author, teacher, businesswoman who gives us her story in her book called Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection, and Lead with Meaning. Her name is Genevieve Patero, and she tells us a story today about her rise up the corporate ladder in television marketing and on the rise and looking to have great aspirations in her career. But one thing was missing, and that involved children, which led her to uh, a program of reading stories to children in homeless shelters, among other things, which led her to asking some transformative a really one transformative question in her life, which changed everything and led her then to a career of writing books and being a producer of a program called the Pajama Program, which provides pajamas for for needy children and has even led her to be a guest on such programs as The Oprah Show, Today, GMA, The Early Show, CNN, Fox and Friends, Hallmark's Home and Family. She's got a great transformative story to tell, which is going to speak into your life, especially if you find yourself asking some profound questions in your life. She blogs at GenevievePatero.com. That's G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-P-I-T-U-R-R-O.com. And her book is available on Amazon and other sites. It is our it is my pleasure and proud uh, uh, opportunity to share with you this uh, this interviewed today with Genevieve Patero, the author of Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. Let's get into that interview right now. Our author guest today, Genevieve Patero. She is the author of 
purpose, passion, and pajamas, how to transform your life, embrace the human connection, and lead with meaning. She has uh, her, her website is genevepatero.com, and her program is at pajamaprogram.org. She comes to us from a background out of television and TV marketing, but she made a transition in her life to create a nonprofit organization to help children and parents and others and people, especially people in need, called the Pajama Program. She's uh, got a great story to tell. Geneve, Jen, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Brad. So nice to be here with you. It is awesome to have you with me and to share with our audience some uh, the transformation happening in your life, as well as how you've been able to influence the life of others. What we're here about is helping people to deal with adverse circumstances in their life. And, and I want you to tell your story a little bit, how you had things going in some ways pretty good in your life. In some ways, they were perking along pretty good in the, uh, on the corporate ladder and so on. But there must have been a point where there was some sense of uh, a need for something else, something greater. Mm-hmm. And you experienced that by reaching out to some people in need. Tell us your story a little bit, especially some of these transition points. Sure, sure, Brad. Um, As you said, I was pretty happy, or so I thought, climbing the corporate ladder. That was my dream, you know, be a single woman in a big city. And I was in New York, climbing that corporate ladder in marketing, marketing in TV syndication. And I was doing just that. And I spent about 12 years in a really fun world of, of, of TV entertainment, climbing, climbing, climbing with my eye on that 40th floor office. And I thought everything was fine. I had my own apartment. I was single, so I was free. I had friends. I got to travel. And everything was fine. And one day, 12 years in, in my apartment, I heard a voice in me. And and it came from here, my, my heart area, not my head. I knew my head voice. We all know our head voices, right? But this was different. And I only call it, I only started calling it my heart voice later but I heard it from a different place. And it asked me a question, this voice. It asked me clearly, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And I was stunned, as you you can imagine, Brad, even, even a pastor, I think, would be stunned to hear this voice loud and clear, right? And I thought, oh my, oh my goodness, I was, I was paralyzed. And even in that stunned time it took seconds for me to answer myself no there's something missing what am I really doing all this for and I thought I missed the time to have a family to get married and I missed having children in my life I had my nephews and my niece who I adore but it wasn't the same as having my own family so I thought how could I bring children into my life and I had nighttime after my busy workaholic day, and I thought I could read to children in shelters. And I called a few, and pre-9-11, you could do what I did. I called, and I asked if I could come and read at night to children, and they said, sure, that sounds great. And I just took some books and went over to the first one after work, and I was in my business suit, and they showed me the room where I was going to read, which was so bare, weren't any chairs, just a, a carpet, that was, you know, worn, and I sat on the floor in my, in my work suit, and they brought the children in, 
And in moments, I felt something change in me when I saw those faces. They sat on the floor with me and I started reading the stories. Week after week, in different shelters, very similar, quiet children. They, I saw that some of them had clothes that were soiled and didn't fit right. They were all so quiet. I didn't know what they'd been through, but I knew it was traumatic. And I'd read and read and read and rarely had a conversation with any of them. One night I followed where they were taking them to go to sleep at night. And that room also, like the one I had been in reading to them, was heartbreaking to me because there were just cots and futons and single beds and a couple of kids up on one bed together. There were Some of them were crying and they had nothing to change into. They were wearing those clothes that I don't know how long they'd been wearing them. And I asked the staff if I could bring pajamas next time and they said that would be lovely. So I did. And I started handing them out after I read to the next group of children. One little girl halfway through, she for some reason, she was so frightened. She just kept shaking her head like this. No, 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 no. And I kept trying and she just kept shaking her head. So she wanted to watch me give them to the other children who each of them took the pajamas and then the staff took them to go to sleep in the other room. Finally, she was the only one with her staff person next to her. And I went over and I tried again. I knelt down and I tried to have her feel and how soft they were. And I tried to tell her they were you know, so soft. She'd love to sleep in them. And she whispered to me, what are they? What are pajamas? And Brad, wow. that was the beginning of an obsession. That must have been a heartbreaking moment because I'm, I'm assuming from your background and, you know, you had risen in the corporate ladder and you had some level of affluence and so on. Even the concept of someone not knowing something as simple as pajamas must have just kind of been a, you know, a, a, a brain thing. I mean, almost hard to mm-hmm. get your head, or head around. It so was what, exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that, 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 so this was a transformative moment for you, kind of an aha moment is what I often like to call them as well. Kind of a realization that there's a different world than what I'm in. And this has changed me. Wow. Exactly. I was, I was so embarrassed. Um, you know, I was just so ignorant. We, we were, I grew up, my mom didn't work. You know, we were, she, she and my dad were just making ends meet. You know, we didn't have a lot of stuff. And that maybe that was one of the driving forces that I wanted to be so independent. Mm-hmm. But I had never known what these children were, were learning, that there wasn't anyone they could count on to that point. And all those flashbacks I had about my mom putting us four children to sleep, it was more than just the pajamas. It was the love and the comfort, the security, knowing she'd be there all night, you know, and my dad mm-hmm. too, and knowing in the morning they would be there. Even if it was a horrible day, they would be there and it would be okay. And that's all that was wrapped up in, in comfy pajamas. Yes. Cause the symbolism is so powerful in all of that. And that question, such a powerful question because it, it goes to a deeper level with your life and with the life of the people that you now serve. Is this enough? Is this enough? And you saw people who didn't have some basic things but your issue was kind of an inner life one wasn't it did you have some of this you mentioned about you know you wanted to find a way to connect with children had this been a longing hunger for yours for a long time in your adult life or was this kind of a realization at this moment when you were with these children that this is something yeah. here no I hadn't I thought I was on the path um, it was a brain path and I think a lot of us go on that brain path you know we pick a career 
probably something that other people have done before us. And, and for whatever reason, where we program ourselves to think this is our path and whether or not it is, I don't know that we do any soul searching. I didn't, I thought it was exciting and I, and I, you know, I wanted to do it, but I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't have that nagging thought of what's my purpose. You know, I thought purpose was for people like Oprah and, you know, famous people who've done amazing things. I didn't know that all of us have a purpose in us if we if we ask our, our heart to speak up and we listen. That was a, a one moment, aha moment. <laughs> yeah, and it went to what we want to talk about here for a moment here, is this thing a purpose? Because, you know, you thought you'd kind of, you're on track, you were on a track, a certain sort of a track, a career track, whatever you want to say. But now you found a deeper level of meaning and purposefulness in, in your life. And that's a, but you, it wasn't just this sense of this aha moment. You then did something about it on, you know, profound level. And let's go there for, for a minute, Jen. What did you do about this sense of purpose? You didn't just kind of, you know, just let it sit there. You did something about it. Tell us about the programs that you initiated and your book and things like this. Well, at the beginning, I just talked about it nonstop because I really was obsessed. I told anybody and everybody who would listen to me the story of that little girl. I, I was just so blinded by her her loneliness. And I felt it. I felt like it was my own. And I think that's why other people felt that connection to her, because we all have that place in us that's longing for something. And you know, some of us are are fortunate and blessed enough to fill that hole, and some of us go a, a while until we find something, and and hopefully we all find something to fill that hole. I think that's why people connected, and I saw as I was talking to people, and that's why a lot of what I write about and talk about when I speak is the human connection. It's so powerful, so powerful to share such an emotional compelling story. I want to hear other people's stories and they wanted to hear the story about this little girl and they wanted to hear more. That one sentence, that one question she asked me was was so was was what everything that humans connect on was represented by. Her, a little girl's innocent simple question, simple question that none of us ever thought we would hear from a child. What are pajamas? What are pajamas? That's amazing. And here's the thing that I think is interesting about this. You know, there's one thing to hear statistics. You know, it's one thing, you know, we, in any community, you know, I, I just, I worked with uh, some homeless people just a few days ago and helped them get situated in a homeless shelter in my city uh, of, of Indianapolis. And, you know, I know some of the, 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 the stats about certain number of homeless people and people in, you know, dire need. But you put a face on it, in my case, a guy named Thomas, if you put a face on it, that's a whole different story, isn't it? You put a face on it, this little girl, it becomes a personal story, and that makes a big difference, doesn't it? That's that human connection that you're, you're talking about. You're right, Brad. Yes. Yeah. And these be, but it needs to be lived out. We need to have this transformation. We need to do something about it. That goes, goes, goes to purpose. So tell us a little bit about the, that the program that you initiated about the pajama program, how that spread then more than just, you know, you gave some pajamas just kind of individually to some kids, but it, it became a program that touched a lot more lives. Well, what happened and so many things happened, you know, I, I'm, 
I have faith in God. I believe the universe is our partner. I believe when you are on purpose that, you know, little miracles happen, you know, we can call them synchronicities. We can call them, you know, just in the nick of time. And all of that starts to make you feel like you are really supported and, you know, help you. And even though there are, are difficult times, the more that you stay on purpose, I feel that you, you get that support in invisible ways. And I had a call from a woman from a national magazine, parenting magazine call and asked me if I was the woman handing out pajamas to children in shelters. And I said, yes. And she said, can I write a little article? Just a little, she almost apologized for how small the article would be. And I said, sure, okay, that's fine. And this was early on. This was before we were a, a legitimate nonprofit. I was doing this in, in my neighborhoods. And the article came out and went to the subscribers' homes before it went on the newsstands. And so I got home one day in my, to my co-op in New York and I got yelled at by the doorman. And there were other people there from maintenance who were throwing packages into the elevator that I was getting into to go up to my apartment. I didn't know what they were doing or what was in those packages. And they were yelling at me and I was confused and stunned. And I got upstairs with this half-filled elevator of packages and it went and I, I could into my apartment I was married then I wasn't married before when I started pajama program I was it was a thought in my mind I was single when I met this great guy I thought I better tell him that I might not be on the corporate ladder for too long in case he thinks of something you know serious I don't want him to think there's there's another income here because there's not and he said, go for it. And that I knew he was the right man for me. So that was uh, early on. So a couple of years in, we got married and then this happened. All these packages in the apartment. He came home living in my apartment too. And same thing, they put all these boxes in the uh, elevator with him. We started opening them and there were pajamas and books and cash and checks and letters. That's awesome. People all over the country who subscribed to the magazine got it before it went on the newsstands and they immediately took action. But the funny thing is, amidst thousands of boxes, we were eating on them, we were crying all over them. One letter I opened said, you know, read what you're doing. This is beautiful. Can you please send us your 501c3 so we can give you a grant? And I looked at my new husband and I held up the paper. And I said, what is this thing? 501C <laughs> in parentheses three. Yeah. And then when I realized, I said to him, this is a responsibility now. Yes. These people trusted me and I have to share it because they want to share in with this. Yes, and that's, that's awesome. that was the moment that everything switched. That is awesome. Well, it sounds like you had an affirmation then of the action that you took. And so that's where I want to go with this for a second. And it may be helpful to others that you didn't just sit on the moment. It wasn't just an emotional moment, but you took some action. You actually gave out the pajamas. You did it. You did it on a consistent basis. So enough that somebody noticed somewhere. And you allow the article to be written, that's taking action, then you drill on some higher power. And I want us to talk about that just for a second. What do you think is important for people who may be listening, who are having their own moments, their own transform transformative moments, about somehow connecting to trusting 
uh, some power greater than yourself, be it a spiritual thing, religious thing, the, whatever you want to say about that. Talk about that a little bit about how you trusted this higher power. Sure, sure. Well, I think first, which I didn't realize is we do all have a purpose. We do all have something that gives us joy if we if we will admit it, you know, and, and maybe some people think I want to be a singer and it's crazy, you know, I'm an accountant, but don't dismiss it. And the more you ask yourself, what, what is my heart voice calling me to? What gives me joy? What is my purpose? The more you ask yourself sincerely and listen, it will be revealed. And that's so important because we are so busy and we're so into our head voices that we don't realize first that if we ask repeatedly, we'll hear it. And second, to trust it, like you said, whatever that is, it's not coming from nothing. It doesn't have no merit. It has all the merit that is, is vital to us living our true selves, our purpose and our joy. And it doesn't only change your life. It changes the lives of so many strangers, but also those in your world who are affected by you and how you feel and what you're doing and you know the, the inspiration that you give to others. So it's important to ask and to listen because that heart voice will speak up. And then if you do that every step of the way, when, when we're concerned or we're worried, you ask and you take the time to listen and you don't rush it. And you learn the difference between your head voice and your heart voice, even though your head voice will start to give you all the reasons why it's not going to work and all the reasons why you should stop. The more you ask your heart voice and you listen, your heart voice takes over and your brain says, well, I guess she's going to do this. So I might as well give her my smarts and help. That's awesome. So it's part of what the lesson you're trying to teach us to today, Jen, is to have some discernment or just some ways to distinguish between your mm-hmm your head voice and your heart voice. And the, the heart voice is that greater power that comes in and illuminates us and then informs our head voice. And that's the action taking place. And that's, that's yeah. great, great, great to hear. Let's talk about relationships for a minute, about how that fuels and helps to generate the energy that you need to do something like this. Because what it sounds like, this kind of grew kind of unexpectedly. You know, you had to, a response that you didn't expect to do, and then you had to do something about it. You mentioned about uh, your husband, and you mentioned about these children that you had. I want you to talk about relationships, and maybe, and also you shared earlier, you were talking about how you shared your story with other people, and people affirmed that. Let's talk about the fuel that comes from developing loving, caring relationships, and how that helps to, you know, build momentum to do something bigger than yourself to have this purpose. Talk about relationships for a minute. Right. Well, I think when you are, when, when any of us are talking from our emotion, from our heart to someone else, that person feels us. And that's, that's the key to the human connection. You can tell the difference when somebody is talking to you and just giving you, you know, answers or speaking from their head and you can feel and you start to care when you know that they're talking from their heart, when they're talking about what's happened to them, what's affected them. And when they share that with you and they ask, tell me your story. That's a totally different wave that both of both people are on. And that's the best wave to live on. So many of us are rushing, you know, and, and the gift in this pandemic, if we 
try to find one, I think is having to look at each other in the eyes because we're wearing a mask, having to rely on that invisible cord from, from our eyes and our hearts because we can't look around and listen. We need to see the mouth movement. And when we can't see the mouth movement, we look in the eyes and you can see somebody's motion in their eyes. And it's all about that human connection. Everything that happened was because that story of that little girl went from one person to another person to another person. And we all bonded. We bonded with that little girl. We bonded together. And all of our supporters around the United States and world bonded because of the story that touched us all. That emotion is all about emotion. The little girl, the relationship you generated with that little girl, even if it was just momentary or one night or whatever it was, was impacted you, transformed you, and your work is now transformed others. So her story is reaching out way, way, way beyond. Over 20 years, 23 years now. Wow, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about other interpersonal relationships, how they can be a benefit, maybe even sometimes a challenge to us when we're trying to accomplish something that's kind of out of the norm. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, there may have been, uh, help me out here, but there may have been some people who may have said something, hey, you're doing good in your career. What do you want to do this for? What's this all about? Or there may be others who may have been really encouraging you to say, uh, this is, you're following your dreams, following your aspirations. Tell us about some of these relationships, you know, more of the, you, you mentioned about the, you know, the bond that is shared for the little girl and so on, but other people in your life, maybe your parents or your family or others, maybe uh, significant friends, how do they help you or maybe be a challenge to you? You hit on something that's very, very poignant. Um, because I knew my heart was, you know, driving this, I was concerned about how I would explain it or who would I tell or how would I tell it? And I didn't have answers for anybody. I mean, I didn't know how I was going to make a transition. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't know how I was ever going to pay my rent if I jumped because I felt my body and my soul and my heart wanting to jump and do only this, run around with like a Santa Claus with pajamas and my sacks. So I said, let me test the waters out with a woman I know, also climbing a corporate ladder, know her enough that she knows me and my track record don't know her enough that she could crush me if, <laughs> or, or hurt my career if she you know, thought I was crazy. So over drinks, I started to talk a little bit about this little girl and what I wanted to do. And Brett, I, I didn't rehearse it. I didn't know how it was going to sound, but I'm sure I sounded like a lunatic because I just started, I heard myself. I met this little girl because I was volunteering in a shelter and I read, read stories and I brought pajamas because I didn't have any. You should have seen the room and I was giving out pajamas and she didn't want them and I didn't know why and I was going on and on and I was getting nervous to get to the part where I was going to say, so I'm thinking about leaving my career and finding a way to get more pajamas to more of these children. I said it and she looked at me like I had six heads <laughs> and she said, why in the world would you want to do that? You've built this, you've worked so hard you can just coast for a while. How are you going to make a living? What are you going to do? You don't even know anybody in this, in this arena. Do you know, are you going to make any kind of a difference with pajamas? And with every question that I had no answer to, embarrassingly, I felt like I was this small and mm. this small and this small. 
And it took so much for me when I got home to start to breathe again, because of course my brain took every moment of that and just exaggerated, you know, all these bombs. You don't know what you're doing, boom. What do you think this is really gonna do to help kids, boom. You know, what are you gonna tell people? What are you gonna, where are you gonna get money? And the mistake, and in my book, I give heart of the matter lessons after every chapter of what I learned. And one of them is get your cheerleaders in place first. All right. And they will be there and help you bounce back in seconds. So you're not in agony for days until you say, well, I can either give up or I can go talk to my mother. And <laughs> me, I talked to my mother as my North Star. And although I was sure. nervous because she was you know, proud and, and probably breathing easy that I was making a living, but she, she said, I, I trust you, you'll figure it out. It's a beautiful idea. Well, that, that's an awesome way of framing this because so many people um, are stuck. You know, they're stuck in that place that you mentioned earlier where they are either unhappy or they are in a bad situation in life. It might be a relationship. It might be depression. It might be any number of things. It's those points of adversity which can keep us in a, a malaise of mediocrity. If we choose to stay there in order to break out of that, we have to choose to break out of it. One of the resources we have is people, but one of the challenges we have is people. And sometimes we've got to find, as you say, your cheerleaders, and that's being very proactive in what, what you're doing. And I just sort of say, you know, way to go. Yeah, God, for what you did and how that's made a difference in your, in, in your life and others. But let's talk for a minute about process and about you. You mentioned purpose as being really what you're, what you're about, helping people find their purpose out of their passion. And then in your case, it's the pajamas, which is kind of the way of doing it. I'd like you to speak to people who are stuck in whatever they're doing. They're on their point of adversity. There are in you know, it might be something really great, the corporate ladder, it might be something more dramatic. And they maybe they're that person. Maybe they're the mom of that little girl, you know, who's in that homeless shelter or whatever it is. Maybe they're in those positions and they just need some help finding a way. What are some things that you can be helpful to people. I know you got some things in your book about helping people define their purpose and their passion and their human connection, but I'm interested now a little bit on what are the disciplines? What are the actions? What are the habits? What are the, some things that people can do to start to break out of their mediocrity and to find their purpose in life? Talk to us a little bit about the process. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're right. Um, there are so many people who are, are looking for purpose now, which is a good thing because we're not settling for uh, 30 more years if we're just drudging along, right? Now, I jumped in because that's my personality, good or bad. Probably wasn't the best way to do it. I just, you know, splashed around until I figured out how to swim. And, you know, I'm very honest in my book, it wasn't easy. And it was, you know, I went through a lot of um, hard times, but here we are, everything worked out, thankfully. And jumping in might, it's probably not for a lot of people, but you can slide. So I talk, when I do my coaching, I strategize with people about sliding their purpose, especially for the, for the new year. How to slide your purpose into your life. We can't keep our love, our purpose, our joy, whatever it, our secret dream is on the back burner any longer. And we certainly, it's not going to help us to push it further back during these hard times. 
bring that love, whatever that is, to the front for even one hour a week. Whether you are researching what it would be like to be an organic farmer, a botanist, a teacher, um, teaching horseback riding, teaching guitar lessons, anything that you have that little calling that's whispering that you're afraid to listen to or, or ask it to speak up, take it from the back burner, slide it into your life. Talk to somebody who's doing what you would love to do. Just have a conversation. Read about it. If you can get out and be a part of it for an hour a week, do that. And hopefully soon more of us can be in that, um, in that arena that we love. One hour a week makes such a difference in our outlook, gives us hope. It's a gift to ourselves. It's not pushing it back, saying to ourselves, this is never, now never going to happen. That's the most depressing thing. That's not healthy. Bring it up, slide it in. That's awesome. So just take some action and bring it to the forefront. It may feel a little uncomfortable at first. It may be out of the norm. It may be out of your uh, process that you're in, whatever your comfort level is. It may be out of your comfort zone, which I think is a good thing, but to slide it into, into your life. In your life, let's just talk about you and what's happened to you, for instance. Out of all this process you've come out of, some really good things have happened. You've got a new book out. You've had uh, your, your, your program has made some true impacts. And I'd like for you to talk for a minute about some of the impact that your program about the pajama program has had on the lives of others. I'd like you to talk about people you've seen changed or transformed either by your program or by your coaching or by your leadership. Cause I want you to speak to that person that's out there who may have an opportunity here to learn something from you, but let's hear an example about someone who's been transformed by some of the things you've been involved with. Um, well, certainly we can talk about the, the children that we've served. Um, there are a few from the beginning, we're talking 23 years ago before I even had that 501c3. Um, I'm in touch with just a couple of them because that population is so fluid. But there was a little girl who I first met when she was two. And I went to give pajamas and books to the group. And I have a picture of her holding up her pajamas. Okay. It, you know, it was a long time ago. The picture was cute. And when we celebrated 15 years at pajama program a few years ago, I'd been in touch with her over the years and she was doing really well. I asked her if she would come to the celebration dinner and say a few words. I would be so proud to introduce her. Not knowing, Brad, what she'd say about getting her love of reading and being so excited to see me or any of our volunteers from that two-year-old to that now 17-year-old girl standing there, woman standing there, going to college, oh my gosh, about what pajama program means to her. And the whole place, I mean, you could hear a pin drop. She stood there, poised, bright, loving, and thankful. And she was thanking us. And every one of us was thanking her because you never know what 
you're, you're able to do. You, you never know. Like I said, people asked me and I didn't have an answer. What do you think pajamas are going to really do for these kids? But it's turned out Pretty it's awesome. the comfort. It's everything wrapped up in those pajamas. It's the safety, the security, the love, the tenderness, the one-on-one that was missing in their lives. That's just that knowing that somebody's there, you know, on a, on a regular basis. What a beautiful, what a beautiful story, and what a way to um, give manifestation to the work that you have been doing, and. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, really. That, that's what it's all about for me, to see life transformation takes place is what gives me, what jazzes me up. And I'm sure that's what gives you purposefulness and meaningfulness in your life to see that transformation take place. That's yeah. awesome. Let's speak now for just for a minute how people can learn more about you if they want to, about your uh, your book that is out and about your your on your website you have lots of interviews and lots of resources uh you've been a ted talk speaker you've been interviewed on cnn and today's show oprah winfrey gma several other things how people there's some information out there about you but if people want to connect up with you and find the resources that you have to offer how can they do that sure my website is genevieve Pituro.com. And everything about the book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas is there. Um, everything I do about my uh, strategic coaching, about the master classes I do for groups, all to, I pray every night, inspire somebody to take that chance and trust. Trust their voice, trust God, trust the universe, and just be be bold. And, and I know it's scary. And I'm always here. You can reach out and connect with me. We can have a conversation. I know the fear. I have cried myself to sleep. I have lost sleep. I have worried. But I've never been more fulfilled. And I, I would know. I would know what you're feeling. Hmm. And that sense of seeking fulfillment, I believe, is the hunger that everybody has. Seeking fulfillment that cannot be achieved by only climbing the corporate ladder or any number of things that people do to try to seek fulfillment in some sort of a uh, uh, some sort of a means that's outside of their sense of purposefulness, and they want to find fulfillment in their life. And appreciate what you've done to seek that out for yourself and to share some good news with other people. And it's going to be helpful. I know it's going to be helpful for people to, to do that. So our guest today on Beyond Adversity has been Genevieve Patero. She has the book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, How to Transform Your Life, Embrace the Human Connection, and Lead with Meaning. Our guest today, thank you for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. What a great uh, opportunity to have a conversation with Genevieve Patero. What a influ, uh, what an influential person she is, and showing how people, no matter what their walk of life, can change things around, and the profound impact of taking action, gain purpose and clarity in your life, and how your your life can change when you ask the question and answer the question. What is your life all about? Is thirty years in thirty years is this going to be enough in my life? And she asked and answered that question through the process of working with children, reading them stories, and realizing that pajamas, something as simple as pajamas, 
can be life-changing, not only for those children, but for herself. And that's what she teaches now about leadership and meaning and how the human connection is all intertwined there. So just a couple of takeaways that you can take with you is the opportunity to notice and listen to that internal voice, to seek out and lead with empathy, passion, and purpose, and to understand the absolute importance of the human connection, and that's sometimes lost in our world. Here at uh, Beyond Adversity, we are looking to help you make a human connection as well to navigate through adverse conditions such as a death in the family or depression or a divorce or maybe debt or perhaps uh, dealing with disease. Any number of things can get us stuck, but we try to lead with an opportunity, we lead with information and great guests here on Beyond Adversity, which can help you navigate these things and come out to a better place, the place we call the, pla- the place of peace prosperity, and purpose. And you can do all that at drbradmiller.com, and we got a free gift for you there. It's our mission to be helpful to you. You heard Genevieve, who blogs at genevievepatero.com, and, uh, and you can get her book on, uh, on Amazon and other outlets. You heard her talk about one profound question and answer. Is your life enough? And my opportunity and my question to you is, what kind of promises are you making to yourself, to your family, to others that are transformative? And I would just encourage you to do not shy away from making a promise to follow through, to get through adverse conditions, and you will find great fulfillment in your life. So until next time, friends, Dr. Brad Miller here from Beyond Adversity. I just want to invite you to make a promise And keep a promise because there's power in a promise kept.